हेलो फ्रेंड्स वेलकम टू बिफोर द विल पॉडकास्ट विद अमन कौशिक सो इन दिस पॉडकास्ट बेसिकली वी विल ट्राई टू हैव इंटरेस्टिंग पीपल हु हैव इंटरेस्टिंग स्टफ टू टेल सो आई थॉट वाई नॉट स्टार्ट द फर्स्ट पॉडकास्ट द फर्स्ट एपिसोड ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट विद अ हॉट एंड बर्निंग टॉपिक ए और आर्टिफिशियल इंटेलिजेंस सो वी हैव रंगा हेयर विद अस हु हैज़ फिफ्टीन ईयर्स ऑफ एक्सपीरियंस सो रंगा वेलकम टू द शो या thanks aman and uh, very happy to be here for your first uh, podcast i hope uh, the audience enjoys our conversation yeah and just to give you a bit of uh, color on my background so that uh, your audience understands from what perspective i am talking so i am ha- i have around 15 years of experience as you mentioned and most of this is in the data side building data warehouses data lakes clouds data science machine learning so these are the fundamental technologies on which i have predominantly worked over last 15 years so what it has given me is a very inside view of what it all means mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. right because uh, see when you when you are practicing technology it is very easy to confuse between a forest and a tree correct so correct. you may look at the trees without realizing the forest so what it, uh, the last 15 years has helped me to realize is to get a strategic view of what this artificial intelligence technology or data technologies in general can do and i think this is something that your audience might find useful uh, to understand sure sure yeah uh, so my first question like i think these are there are a lot of misconceptions regarding ai what does it really mean so for a layman like me it just means a mean to create robots mm. but i don't know if this is the right definition for it so if you if i ask you how you can explain this ai for a layman for a normal regular guy like me uh, so how will you explain this term in a very simple very simple language or very simple terms so what is an ai yeah so i think most of the people uh, have watched a terminator movie yeah and I'm sure. <laughs> uh, most of the people when they talk about ai they are talking about irobot or uh, they are thinking about the terminator which is going to come and terminate all of us right <laughs> so that is not the say sort of the mature way of thinking about ai of course uh, you have some amount of truth in what the hollywood movies show Mm-hmm. uh but i think uh, ai is very fundamental and one should spend some time to understand what is the strategic significance of ai to as individuals as to countries as to organizations and to the world at large okay right so before uh, say sort of defining artificial intelligence uh, i want to just uh, say sort of define what is a technology in general right okay. in simple terms so that yeah. uh, when we discuss ai as a technology we understand what we are actually talking Yeah. right so if you look at the evolution of human beings on this planet uh, typically you can see that it is in three phases right initially uh, we had the agricultural revolution uh, where uh, mm-hmm. we used agriculture as a technology to sort of uh, get ourselves rid of hunger right uh, agriculture solved our major problem of uh, food production and this gave us plenty of time this extra time that we had uh, resulted in industrial revolution right so in industrial revolution basically we harnessed uh, the technology of electricity the technology of steam the technology of coal and we fundamentally gained lot of potential in terms of uh, say muscle power right if right. you say sort of look at uh, a car Uh, what is what it does it 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 adds speed to your legs right? right that is how you can think about a car if you look look at a water pump it lifts water which your muscles cannot lift 
to that an that an altitude so the third revolution that we are uh, looking at today is artificial intelligence mm-hmm. the agricultural revolution gave us food security the industrial revolution made our life very comfortable uh, you have air conditioners refrigerators uh, combustion engines which help you to travel in ships and planes and the rest of the stuff and artificial intelligence is going to uh, take our life to the next level uh, in terms of giving us cognitive capability mm-hmm. all the technologies that we have invented till now uh, extended the muscle power of a human being mm-hmm. right they right. did not do anything uh, to the brain power yeah. uh, say as such so what artificial intelligence is going to do is to increase our cognitive capabilities it is going to extend our brain uh, in a very literal sense right uh, otherwise because if you look at last uh, say 100000 years the human brain more or less has remained the same mm-hmm. the size of the human brain the size of our head which sort of hosts our brain right, uh, right. has remained more or less same uh the artificial intelligence is a group of technologies a gamut collection of technologies which is going to drive our cognitive abilities to the next level right, right, right. so think ai when you think don't think ai is something as very very exoteric and then something which is very very sort of uh, technological uh, think ai as next generation of industrial revolution right <laughs> okay. so we went from agriculture to industrial revolution and now we are going towards what is known as a cognitive revolution okay okay so this is at a very general level uh, what you can think as ai high level high level but now let us uh, drill down and look at the two words what is artificial and what is intelligence mm-hmm. right because that would give you a very clear understanding of what we are talking mm-hmm. so let us take the word intelligence first okay so how do you define the word inter- intelligence what is intelligence so if you look at a very simple level uh, most elemental level intelligence can be defined as the ability to solve problems right okay right. so if there is an agency or a agent hmm. okay uh, it may be a person it may be a machine it may be an animal hmm. whatever it is so if there is somebody who can solve problems you call that agent or the object as intelligent right like for example uh if you have a uh, if you have a person who seems to solve all mathematical problems hmm. so you call that person as a intelligent person right yeah. now if you look at a computer computer can do lot of complicated calculations so you call computer as an intelligent machine right so if you have a dog which can carry newspaper <laughs> you will say that dog is an intelligent dog compared to the other dogs which cannot carry newspaper <laughs> right right so the word intelligent means ability to solve problems and it is morally neutral means there is no question of good or bad intelligence intelligence is just the ability to solve problem oh. whether it is doing good or doing bad is in the hands of the person who is using that intelligence right, right? makes sense so some of the problems in ai we are talking are again to deal with how countries or people or organizations are planning to use ai so ai itself is neither good or bad because the i part of ai is the ability to solve problems. problems now come to the second word artificial what do you mean by artificial see all the intelligence that we know of currently comes from a biological base right mm-hmm. when you look at a intelligent say monkey or a dog or a human being the intelligence is coming out of a brain which is based on biology right and if you look at brain it is 
a device of evolution what brain we have today has come from single cell organization right mm-hmm. earlier we had amoeba then it became multicellular so the whenever we call something as intelligent it is coming from a biological platform mm. it comes from a biological base mm. but today when we say artificial intelligence we are able to create intelligence which is non biological right so you are able to create intelligence using silicon using carbon or any other substrate so the word artificial intelligence literally means a agency or a device or a machine or an object which can solve problems mm-hmm. but whose intelligence is not coming from biological evolution okay whose intelligence is actually man made created out of a new substrate which we earlier didn't know of okay so in summary what what is that we are speaking about in summary what we are speaking about is the world has lot of complicated problems it can it can be curing cancer it can be detecting fraud it can be space travel so we have lot of complicated problems and we need to solve these complicated problems using intelligence right earlier all these complicated problems we solved using human intelligence mm-hmm. right we say einstein is intelligent newton is intelligent galileo is intelligent gary kasparov is intelligent but today we are going to the next level we are where we are going to augment our cognitive capabilities our intelligence using artificial agencies hmm. these this is what is called as machine intelligence or artificial intelligence so if you use machine an intelligent machine to solve the big problems of the world that is where the word artificial intelligence actually comes from okay okay so intelligence is the ability to solve problems and artificial it is artificial because the intelligence is coming from a non biological base right okay right. that's how you can sort of describe artificial intelligence yeah that that's a very nice way to you know put things and it's a very clear now what does it mean so for a guy who is very new to ai and what we are seeing now is lot of applications in ai uh, especially when someone goes to a market or someone do online shopping for example i was doing shopping yesterday on my online portal and so there is a chat box that popped up and one of the guy pinged me but there was a small symbol there that showed it is powered by ai that means that chat box what not actually a human basically ai was driving that and tech conversation and i didn't realize this because i was talking to that guy thinking that it's a real person mm. and after 5 minutes and i saw that symbol key powered by ai mm. i was surprised i was surprised that how come i am talking to a machine mm. and without me even knowing so if they remove that symbol from that chat logo that powered by ai Correct. i will never even realize that that's that powered by ai yeah see um, what we have to understand is we had a very broad definition of ai right right now we have to understand the different categories of ai okay okay because see uh, the reason is uh, you need to really understand uh, when we say ai at the next level what does it mean right because there is no one single ai there are different types of ai and what you saw in a chatbot or what you saw in a spam filter in a email right or if you uh, use a conversational assistant like siri um, if yeah. you if you say siri play me a song and based <laughs> on your mood it plays a song yeah and tomorrow when you have smart home smart cities so it is not one monolithic artificial intelligence we are talking about right okay. we are talking about different levels of artificial intelligence so one should first sort of understand the different levels of artificial intelligence before one gets into the 
application side of it right okay okay so now what we defined we defined intelligence as the ability to solve problems yeah. right yeah. that is very clear very simple definition yes. intelligence is the ability to solve problems now if you look at intelligence there are two types of intelligence mm -hmm. right one we call it as narrow intelligence and the other we call it as general intelligence okay right so if you look at a printer a printer can print amazing say sort of pictures it can print alphabets a printer can print many things right right but a printer cannot wash clothes right That's true. just like a washing machine can wash clothes but you cannot use a washing machine to play songs right so similarly if you look at artificial intelligence there are certain ai algorithms which can solve one particular problem and cannot do anything else okay right for okay. example a chatbot can only do chat but a chatbot cannot drive a car right right, right. whereas an autonomous car driving algorithm can drive an autonomous say sort of a car but it cannot open the door right right so if you look at artificial intelligence first thing is you have to realize that there are two broad categories one is what is called as narrow ai the other one is called wide ai or general ai okay okay when we take human beings we have what is known as wide ai or general intelligence mm -hmm. right because if you look at a human being we have lot of capabilities so we have cognitive capabilities we have physical capabilities even for the most sophisticated uh, robot even today it is not able to open the door easily right, right it takes right. whatever a 6 year child can do a robot even after training for 2 years is still not able to efficiently do that right mm. so if you look at human beings uh, the reason why we are so successful on this planet is because we have general intelligence which mm. you can in normal uh, say terms we say common sense. common sense so we have common sense or general intelligence as of today we have not been able to create an ai system uh, which is having general intelligence right what all the ai we are talking about as of today still is what is known as narrow mm -hmm. ai mm -hmm. so you have an ai which can chat with you but you have a different ai which is going to drive the autonomous car you have a different ai which is used for fraud prediction in banking or insurance sector then you have a different ai which is used in manufacturing plants to color doors or to do some quality diagnostics so narrow ai is an algorithm which actually works in a very limited specific domain right whereas a wide ai or a general ai is something which can sort of have common sense and it can work on problems across multiple domains right right so the one way of uh, looking at ai is narrow ai and wide ai okay one is specific the other is very general so human beings depict general ai okay though mm. we don't call it as ai we call it as a human intelligence yeah, right yeah, yeah. the other sort of important one is what is known as intelligence and super intelligence because uh, what is going to happen is the moment we create general ai Mm -hmm. or what you call as wide ai you cannot prevent that ai from becoming smarter than human beings okay so what is going to happen is the moment you invent a ai which is a general ai mm -hmm. there is nobody preventing it from becoming more smarter and smarter and this phenomena will lead to something called super intelligence <laughs> so we have what is known as below intelligence 
we have intelligence and then we will have what is known as super intelligence so the characteristic of super intelligence would be it would be a learning system which will learn so much and it will collect so much data and analyze that data and understand so much about the world that the artificial intelligence of a system or a collection of systems will exceed the human intelligence oh so this event uh, we call by the word singularity okay okay the day in which day on which say artificial intelligence exceeds human intelligence mm-hmm. then uh, that event is called singularity and then now you have this question like is this the humans controlling the ai or will we end up in a situation where ai will start controlling the humans okay right so so to sort of drill down to the next level of ai you have to keep this taxonomy in mind so most of the business applications and most of the things currently we are working are are in the narrow ai domain so right. we are nowhere near general ai right right and that general ai is most of the experts estimate it it will materialize around 2050 right, right. another 30 years but as of now what is relevant and what is being done in industry is mostly on specific problem domains where we are applying specific algorithms to solve those specific problems right and the fear is after 2050 when we have achieved the general ai in another say decade or two we will reach what is known as super intelligence and then some of the terminator movies we have seen <laughs> right so those may come back to really haunt you right right uh, right, right so sometimes fact is stranger than fiction right, so right so that's how you can look at this right yeah yeah so on the same note uh, i remember i had a subject ai in my during my engineering hmm. and it was like almost like 6 7 years ago hmm. and i remember that the work on ai started long back hmm. like almost like 3 4 decades hmm. and then there was a period of when there was no progress or no news about ai hmm. but now if you see in last couple of years especially in last 2 years why there is a sudden spike in the interest of people in ai and why it was not there say 3 or 4 years back so why now why now it is happening suddenly yeah so that's a very uh good question and uh, that is not just about ai that is about uh, any technology okay see if you read history uh, you will find that uh, leonardo da vinci had written beautiful diagrams of helicopter oh okay so leonardo da vinci was a uh, versatile genius right and one of his passions was drawing and he was very good in mathematics as well right right so if you read his uh, sort of uh, say biography or Uh, say books about uh, Leonardo da Vinci you will find that he had drawn the full sketch of a helicopter right but he could not invent the helicopter oh because imagination is not sufficient or enough for say invention right right so beyond imagination uh, you need capabilities to do an invention right, right. So if you look at artificial intelligence it started somewhere around 1950s and before 1950s you could not realistically talk about artificial intelligence because there was no computer in 50s yeah so artificial intelligence started somewhere around 1955 56 oh. when uh, uh, say sort of 8 10 people assembled in Dartmouth college and they did the first say sort of uh, symposium on uh, artificial intelligence right mm-hmm. so uh, the whole 
discipline of artificial intelligence is at least 50 years old oh uh, but there was one big limitation the one big limitation that we had was we did not have data okay right so it is like you are a very good farmer you know all the techniques of farming mm-hmm. but unfortunately you don't have soil <laughs> okay. right so you are you know everything you you want, you are very passionate about farming and <laughs> you know all the latest <laughs> techniques of farming yeah but you you have only one problem that one problem is you don't have soil right right then how do you do farming hmm. so what do you do you cut some pots and you grow some plants in the pots right so the impact of that is very small scale it is not a model which can be scaled so you don't have acres of land you have few pots so if you look at uh, the artificial intelligence of 50s 60s 70s predominantly they had one fundamental constraint uh, that constraint was lack of data okay and uh, if you look at google or most of the web 2.0 companies and see where do the power of their algorithms come from where do they pack their punch yeah they pack their punch through data right um, if you look at some of the uh, statements from data scientists from google they say that uh, more data can beat a smarter algorithm right right data always beats algorithms if okay. you if you throw more data at even a slightly sort of dumb algorithm it gives you better output than a very smart algorithm super smart algorithm which has very limited data correct so the artificial intelligence as a discipline began somewhere in 1950s but uh, it had a fundamental constraint like it didn't have uh, the discipline did not have enough sample or to sort of get the insights out of the whole situation was changed uh, when internet arrived right because before internet only small enter- uh, say some enterprises were able to create the data and most of this data is boring transactional data mm-hmm. so the internet sort of democratized the computing uh, to the entire world and then people started generating lot of data beyond the regular transactions like right. if you look at facebook or twitter so these are all data that you never had right. uh, so earlier the word tweet used to be associated to the bird right <laughs> so you never heard about a human tweeting yeah. uh, before the twitter came so internet fundamentally provided a treasure trove of data uh, which could be exploited by artificial intelligence right so so if you look at the uh, artificial intelligence as a evolution it began with a bang lot of expectations were there and people wanted to create expert systems which will tell you all the answers in the world then a sort of winter set in which is called ai winter <laughs> and okay. then that winter lasted for a couple of decades and then again some new techniques were invented and then again people got excited but the co- fundamental constraint was data so they could not solve any major problems of the world it remained a specialist field and it did not become a general technology like electricity uh, but the in 2000s the entire picture changed because of the internet boom and the web 2.0 companies and the amount of data that we are collecting is extraordinary so mm-hmm. uh, the future is going to be more and more relevant for ai because we are going to get more and more data okay so that is the reason why you see a lot of excitement about ai today okay so now we have discussed what is ai and we discussed some background some history now why ai why do we need ai yeah so 
that's an interesting question uh, see we need ai because we have reached the limits of uh, previous technology right okay uh, let me give you a simple example so that you can understand it see if you look at uh, say united states around 200 250 300 years right yeah so there i think at one point in time 80 to 90% of the people were involved in agriculture oh yeah and they were pro- say sort of producing food which made them sort of self sufficient today if you look at uh, united states uh, the number of people involved in agriculture directly with farming i think is 1.2% or 1.3% less that's than 2% it. that's it, it. that's it and they generate so much food that literally they can feed the whole world right <laughs> okay so you just imagine a situation where you had 90% or 80% of people of a country mm. engaged in farming producing enough food to just fill their stomachs right and in 200 years you have a situation where less than 2% of the same people are working and they are producing enough food to feed the whole world right right so this looks like black magic right <laughs> and what is this black magic the black magic is mechanized farming okay right so today if you look at agriculture it is one of the most mechanized occupations right so you have drones uh, which are spraying the chemicals you have drip irrigation you have the tractors which are autonomous and if you look at say sort of a farm where you expected to see a lot of human beings mm-hmm. now you won't see any human beings you'll mostly predominantly see say machines and machines and drones and sprinklers right right, right. same thing is happening with mines right you you have seen the horror stories stories of people dying in coal mine and people say sort of mines collapsing right right A- and today if you look at mines most of the mines are becoming digital mines right so you have autonomous say trucks and you have the autonomous triggers autonomous shovels and uh, say autonomous tr- train tracks so basically what is what happened uh, during the last 100 years is we invented say sort of mechanized most of the uh, say occupations that we have most of the things that we do and that delivered us one important thing that important thing is productivity okay right? yeah. yeah so human civilization civilizations progress from one phase to another phase of their life uh, through productivity improvements mm-hmm. so if somebody is having a bow and arrow and somebody has a gun the civilization which has bow and arrow is conquered by the civilization which has gun yeah so productivity is key for evolution of civilization so what has happened today is now industrial revolution has run out of steam so just like agriculture revolution ran out of steam and then we had to invent industrial revolution today we are reaching the limits of industrial revolution okay so it is like you have eked out every ounce of productivity that you can eke out of industrial revolution so so all the say sort of the thinkers the innovators the misfits they are all thinking like what do we do next mm-hmm. right where is the next boundary like you have conquered the earth so what do you do next mm-hmm. of course you think about space mm-hmm. and you may think about solar system assume that tomorrow you colonized solar system what are you going to think then you are going to think milky way galaxy yeah so it's a natural expansion of say the collective 
human conscious uh, to go from one productivity leap to another productivity leap so why we are today so excited about artificial intelligence and why we are talking about artificial intelligence say sort of across all industries across all countries yeah. everywhere everyone is because we have reached the limits of the previous system right right the bullock cart cannot go any faster <laughs> okay yeah so if you try to make the bullock cart go faster <laughs> the ox will die <laughs> so you need to have an internal combustion engine yeah, yeah. which lifts you out of the constraints of a bullock cart right yeah. so that is why artificial intelligence is sort of uh, say become very prevalent and whatever the raw material that you need for artificial intelligence which is basically data is also abundantly available yeah. so we have created a sort of a, we have a fortuitous situation now where you have data which is available abundantly and we have reached the limits of our previous system so we need a new system hmm. uh, to take our civilization to the next level so the two combination of these two factors uh, is what is driving uh, say so the investments and the innovations on the ai side yeah uh, so there are a lot of benefits of ai which we have been watching for quite some time now but an argument can be made that ai is basically what it is doing at at in nutshell is that it's trying to reduce the employment mm. like take the example of our chatbot mm. so if for not if ai was not there mm. there would be a guy speaking behind the th- those chat boxes mm. means so now when we say chat box that means it has basically eliminated the need of a person or the job itself and we don't need now 100 guys to take 100 calls you only need one ai system or one ai software to take 100 calls at the same time and with only one time investment so do you think this is the right way or right path for ai to go where we are already dealing with lot of unemployment and where ai is now coming out of nowhere and taking those those sectors like i for example chat box and other things and all do we really need ai in those sectors of course it is you know helping industries to reduce their uh, you know their you know whatever money they're spending and they get get more profit yeah so see this is a very complicated question mm-hmm. and uh, so sort of the honest answer is we don't know right because uh, what are we going to face is something which is not only new but it's very very different so if you look at uh, the thinking behind uh, the nature of jobs the loss of jobs the future of humans yeah Um, yeah. itself a uh, lot of uh, say historians to philosophers to say uh, texisas and so there are a lot of people who have been sort of discussing thinking ruminating on uh, this particular question mm-hmm. and the answer is little complex and it's quite multidimensional okay so l- let me go, uh, see the only way to understand present is to look at history Yeah. because we don't have any other frame of reference right mm. so look at uh, what has happened in history when technology has disrupted uh, countries and economy uh, economies and the world at large so t- take the same example of agriculture we were talking about yeah, yeah. so you had 80% of the people doing agriculture mm-hmm. and then you had all these technologies which came into uh, say agriculture which mechanized agriculture so where do where did those people go yeah on top of that the population also increased a lot 
in the last 200 years if you look at the human population so there was an increase in population and lot of people were coming out of agriculture so where did all these people go uh, was there large scale unemployment was there large scale famine or, or starvation but if you look at the say sort of uh, world history today mm-hmm. we are sort of living in the best possible moment in the human civilization yeah so so where did all those people go all those people were absorbed by the industrial economy right mm-hmm. the people left villages they left their agrarian economy yeah. and they moved into the factories in the cities so you see a mass movement of people from villages all over the world into the cities and also people living their agrarian things uh, type of lifestyle and becoming blue collar workers yeah and then later in the uh, last 50 60 years becoming white collar workers right what yeah. you call as knowledge workers yeah so the jobs which were lost in agriculture were sort of taken over replaced by factory workers yeah. uh, in industrial economies whether yeah. it is russia whether it is germany united states yeah. which sort of industrialized very quickly or those uh, jobs were taken in also the service sector where you have the white collar workers yeah but one important thing that has sort of happened in this uh, say transition was the amount of time mm-hmm. right we moved from agriculture to sort of uh, industrial, industrial revolution yeah. uh, or services over a course of around 200 years mm-hmm. so you did not expect a farmer uh, to become a programmer within his lifetime yeah right you you did not somebody who were digging some holes and after 3 months he became a java developer right <laughs> That's so true. so we did not have this type of say breakneck speed yeah uh, so the transition from an agrarian economy to an industrial economy to a knowledge economy as peter drucker called or services economy happened through a series of small transitions over multiple generations yeah but what is, seems to be happening today is the speed of change has picked up significantly mm-hmm. yeah so what used to happen in decades seems to be happening in years yeah and what yeah. seems to be happening years seems to be happening in months or weeks so the world has become volatile uncertain uh, complex and ambiguous causally yeah. ambiguous so uh, people are suffering from what you call as fud fear uncertainty and doubt yeah so if you look at ai uh, the f- three main problems that we see is nobody knows where we are going to be in another 50 years right so it is not easy to plan because we don't know in 50 years what is going to happen yeah so the politicians don't know uh, the economics economists don't know the academicians don't know nobody knows what would be the world looking like in 50 years if you really invent general intelligence yeah for example you don't know what to teach your kids in a realistic sense so you are teaching them something uh, which google can give them in milliseconds yeah so when was akbar born right mm. is this what you want to teach your kids today <laughs> when google can tell you say yeah. within a second right so what i'm trying to say is uh, the question of jobs and loss of jobs uh, you can sort of think in two three ways in some countries and some people uh, say economists ha- have suggested something called universal basic income right ubi mm-hmm. 
so irrespective of whether you are working or not if you are citizen of a country the government will give you some minimum basic income so that you can have a minimum standard of living right now some people have an argument and this will make people lazy and what these lazy people will do this will cause re- revolution because these lazy people don't have anything to do so they will do something <laughs> so one one way of looking at it is okay uh, you give ubi universal basic income and try to solve this problem other thing is slow down this so why do you want ai in everywhere yeah. you just put regulation yeah and yeah. then uh, just like we did for genetic engineering Uh, try to do something where it slows slows down ai but the problem is uh, if some country tr- tries to slow down uh, ai it may lose competitive advantage to other country yeah right yeah. so you can put some regulation in united states how <laughs> do you put regulation in north korea yeah right that's true so uh, so you cannot stop an idea whose time has come yeah so uh, so the problem with ai is you cannot regulate ai out of your say sort of uh, out of the world yeah so so th- this is a quite complicated problem and uh, the biggest problem seems to be human beings cannot learn things very quickly yeah uh, it's very difficult for somebody to learn artificial intelligence if he say for example uh, doing some uh, work in a factory uh, it is you can say you can motivate and you can have lot of reskill programs yeah. uh, but Uh, how many people can you convert from say from factory floor to uh, becoming a data scientist uh, it's uh, it's hardly negligible so the question of jobs and skills and loss of jobs and societal unrest is a open question and uh, this is not a question for which there is any definitive answer yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you have to see how the technology evolves what is its trajectory how quickly it evolves and the governments and organizations and society at large has to accommodate adjust itself Uh, based on the pace at which ai progresses so in one line there is no answer to this question yeah so i have one uh, one more question on the same line is it the right time for ai to come see it is like asking uh, was it the right time to for newton to invent gravitational laws <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, so I mean. the question uh, does not arise because uh, things happen when certain say basic ingredients are ready right. right newton could not have happened before say kepler or before copernicus or tycho brahe because newton sort of summarized what all science happened uh, 300 years before him yeah so ai is something that is going to happen not because of somebody wants to do it it is because the basic ingredients or the constituents that you need for yeah. ai to sort of happen are available yeah. right the fundamentally yeah. it is about data so since the data is available and you have end, reached the end of the old economic model industrial economic model capitalism yeah. i would yeah. say so people are looking out, look, looking for uh, how do we move from this level of productivity to the next level of productivity from this level of comfort to the next level of comfort right so irrespective of whether somebody thinks it should happen or not happen is it the right time or the wrong time uh, whatever is going to happen is going to happen so the only thing that we can do is how do we respond to it mm-hmm. right so the right question is not uh, not that is ai happening uh, say whatever is happening is it correct or is it the right time yeah the question is it is already happening we mm-hmm. cannot stop it because uh, an idea cannot never be stops uh, stopped whose time has come so how do we respond to it how do we make sure that transition is a smooth transition mm-hmm. see for if you take example from history 
atomic bomb was invented right and atomic bomb is a dangerous device yeah and if you did not manage the transition smoothly it could have destroyed the earth yeah so in spite of say the cold war and in spite of all these wars and all this terrorism and whatever it is still in last 60 years we did not have a major war and nobody has used an atomic weapon after yeah. the world war 2 right yeah. so the transition has been somewhat handled successfully till now right Smoothly. we don't know about yeah. future but till now so i would say ai is very similar uh, you cannot stop it you cannot slow it down only thing you can do is how do you sort of say use that ai in a way which improves the human condition rather than sort of leads to the detriment of human race yeah. okay that is how you can think about it yeah so i see lot of companies especially big companies like google and you know our tesla so why we only see big names like these big companies are only able to use ai in spite of you know other companies who are in the game from long time so is that so that only handful of companies are able to utilize ai as of now or there are other companies who are working on ai but their work is as not as big as uh, these big companies uh, see uh, fundamentally it is a question of uh, who has data okay right? because if you look at uh, google and if you look at facebook or if you look at twitter if you look at fundamentally amazon or any of these companies yeah. what do they manufacture right they have data so if you look at google what does the what does google manufacture see google is worth 700 billion dollars right yeah. if you look at market cap of google it's 700 or 800 billion dollars so if you look at facebook it's around 600 700 billion dollars market capitalization yeah yeah so if you look at google or facebook what do they manufacture what do they manufacture in their factories what is their raw material what is their <laughs> supply chain what is their finished goods so their supply chain is a data supply chain yeah so they extract the data they index the data they parse the data they generate insight out of the data and they sell the data right yeah it's true so all these companies whether it is google or facebook or amazon they are actually in the business of uh, say manufacturing data and selling the data yeah so obviously since that is core to their business model they are very effective in leveraging data and algorithms to generate money yeah but if you look at the industrial companies like whether it is say a ford or a general motors or a toyota their fundamental business model is about create, creating great products and selling it to customers yeah yeah so they don't think typically data first uh, they think product first or service first yeah so this transition from changing from a product mindset to a data mindset uh, it requires time mm-hmm. because it requires uh, changes in the thinking of the leaders it requires change in the thinking of the organization which you call as call as culture mm-hmm. so you have to go from a product driven or a service driven mindset to a data driven mindset mm-hmm. and this is the most difficult part because this requires a cultural change mm-hmm. right for example if you go to a bank or a huge company yeah. and if you ask them uh, say do you know how much money do you have they can tell you like how much revenue they have how much net profit they have what is their gross margin and you have every penny you can count yeah. uh, they have the numbers yeah but if the, if you ask them how many databases they have okay and how much data do they store in their company mm-hmm. or even a simple question like what is the definition of customer right yeah uh, and you will be surprised that 
they will not be able to tell you that yeah yeah so so the thing point is uh, there are certain companies who are data first so they know this art and science and yeah. they have been doing it for uh, decades and there are new companies which are trying to get into it okay so that is how you can sort okay. of look into it so company like tesla and, and uber mm. who are quite new to this data uh, you know field mm. and they're most into hardware field mm. and they're trying to you know get into you know autonomous cars and driverless cars so do they have enough data or are they generating enough data to reach that point yeah so i i would correct you right if you look at uber right yeah say for example if you if uber app is not working for a day yeah how much money does uber make zero zero right so uber is not in the business of uh, say sort of buying the cars yeah they don't own any cars right so when uber started its business on the first day even before having one single car the first thing they had is an app yeah yeah so what i'm trying to say is there are two types of companies which are very good in handling data okay one is the big internet companies yeah. the googles and the facebooks and the amazons which are all like 15 15 years old or little older and these guys have been doing this for a very long time so they are masters in this game yeah. they know the art and science of artificial intelligence yeah yeah and then you have people like airbnb you have companies like uber yeah whose fundamental business model is based on data yeah so from day one they need to know how to handle data mm-hmm. whether it is paypal whether it is uber or ola so if they don't know how to handle data they will not be able to even open their shop yeah so if uber app works say 10 seconds slower than ola app you can just imagine how many people are going to migrate from uber to ola right yeah so what i'm trying to say is the new generation companies which are fundamentally data have data driven business model yeah and then you have digital world generation companies like the facebook and google who have been doing this for around say 15 20 years now yeah so these are the companies who really understand the art and science of artificial intelligence and they harness it for economic value yeah whereas all the other say sort of enterprises which were focused on product and services yeah they are trying to say sort of get on to this bandwagon they are trying they are understanding the value of data but it will take as usual some time uh, for any new technologies to be uh, technology to be rightly understood yeah. and properly applied okay. okay so that is why you see this disparity between the companies yeah so we discussed what is ai and why is ai how exactly we work on ai or how exactly we you know make ai what are the core technologies or what are the stuff which you use to produce an ai hmm. so see uh, before i sort of directly answer that question like what technologies that we uh, use yeah yeah uh, so basically from a technology point of view you use statistics you use machine learning and you use things like uh, say optimization theory so before i sort of describe um, at a high level what do they mean mm-hmm. uh, there are few very basic concepts one needs to understand right okay so let me come back to the definition of intelligence right yeah so we defined uh, uh, say intelligence as the ability to solve problems yeah now one thing one has to understand is you cannot be intelligent if you cannot learn mm mm-hmm. right yeah. say assume that 
say if you look at uh, tribes which mm. lived in forest yeah how did how did they select their kings mm. so they selected by the kings by one of the rules was a uh, some, somebody who can climb the tree very fast mm-hmm. today how do you select a ceo <laughs> right <laughs> do you select a ceo as somebody who can climb the tree the fast <laughs> no fastest <laughs> so i don't know how many of the fortune 500 ceos can climb a tree right yeah <laughs> so today you select a ceo based on say leadership skills communication skills and all these things so what has changed between selecting a leader who can climb a tree versus a person who may not have say maybe not seen a tree just for fun i'm saying yeah. so the fundamental thing is the context has changed yeah so we are no longer living in a forest there is no tiger which is attacking you so you need to have a different set of competencies mm-hmm. so whenever the context changes you need to adapt yeah and adaptation is possible only through learning Mm-hmm. so when we talk artificial intelligence we are not talking about an intelligence which is unable to learn mm-hmm. because if there is an int- agent which you which you call as intelligent and it does not have the ability to learn then quickly it will become dumb yeah so intelligence intrinsically is about learning mm-hmm. you should be able to uh, learn at least as fast as the context changes yeah right otherwise you you cannot be called as intelligent hmm. so the basic idea you need to have is if you want to do artificial intelligence the system should be able to quickly learn yeah now for artificial intelligence we generally use computers yeah. today most yeah. of the ai work is done using computers right yeah. so if you look at the way computers learn uh, historically there are two models of teaching a computer something mm-hmm. the earlier model we call it as programming yeah the current model is what we call as machine learning okay so if you look at the way we have been teaching computer from say 1950s 1960s uh, predominantly we used earlier the model of programming mm-hmm. now why i'm talking so sort of all these things is mm-hmm. we have to understand that ultimately we want intelligence and intelligence is a function of learning yeah so the most important question to ask is how do how how does an agent learn how does a human being learn mm. because if a, a human being has to become intelligent he has to learn yeah if you want to create a system which is intelligent then it has to somewhere learn yeah but how the hell it learns right so there are two models of learning one model of learning is called programming mm-hmm. right so what is programming programming is based on what is known as an algorithm and what is an algorithm algorithm is a sequence of steps you need to follow to solve a problem yeah okay say for example if you want to tell an, an address to somebody so you will say okay go straight for a kilometer take right and then the fifth house is the house yeah right So when you are writing program you are codifying you are enumerating a sequence of steps which has to be followed one after the other in order yeah. to solve the problem okay yeah so this is the model of programming yeah but the problem with this model is if you go with this approach you will have to codify each and every exception oh because see if you told somebody go straight turn right 
and then fifth house is the house assume that in between you have a road blockade hmm now what does he do because the only instruction he has is go straight and turn right but to go straight he is not able to go straight because there is a blockade on the road mm-hmm. right now assume that suddenly it starts heavily raining is it still useful to go in that heavy rain and turn right to reach the house mm-hmm. or is it better to stop for a couple of minutes and then go so the problem with programming is you exactly specify the steps that somebody has to take and if somebody faces a situation or a circumstance which is not predefined mm-hmm. that person is stuck yeah so this cannot be the basic model of learning right for example uh, if you say teach a human being to make coffee mm-hmm. you may not tell him to switch on the light <laughs> yeah see because you don't think switching on light is connected with making coffee, coffee right yeah but any intelligent human being who is uh, supposed to make coffee what does he do he switches on the light first when yeah. he goes to the kitchen and then makes the coffee so learning is not just a sequence of le- steps learning also involves adapting to the context yeah therefore uh, it is very difficult to teach computers by telling them the exact steps that they need to follow to solve a problem yeah the better approach is to show them all the different scenarios that happen in any mm-hmm. particular context and then allow the computer to build the rules automatically okay and this paradigm is what is called as machine learning yeah right so the earlier if you look at the history of artificial intelligence earlier what did we try to do was we tried to create systems where we wanted to say sort of code that universal logic of all possible combinations yeah either we were not able to code everything or we did not know enough so basically those systems turned out to be very difficult and they did not deliver the value that we were expecting yeah. basically they did not develop common sense mm-hmm. but recently we have understood that since we have this data explosion we have all the different scenarios that a computer can see mm. and the computer can itself learn things yeah so instead of going from say sort of Uh, coding a program and feeding the data mm-hmm. now what we are doing is we are feeding the data and the computer itself codes the program <laughs> okay so the earlier model is you write the program and provide the inputs yeah now you are saying i will provide the inputs dear computer you write the program okay and since the amount of data is only going to increase yeah uh, you will be able to provide more and more inputs and the computer will be able to automatically say build its rules so that is not what is happening in autonomous driving yeah, yeah. you are not sitting and writing every rule like yeah, if you see yeah. a shadow then go 3 cm to the left you cannot do that yeah so so the first basic concept say sort of the listeners have to understand is uh, the concept of learning and we have moved from programming to machine learning yeah now if you look at from a conceptual point of view without discussing the tools like hadoop or Uh, any of the uh, say data science tools like tensorflow or all yeah. these things mm-hmm. if you look at a conceptual level there are three basic uh, fundamental technologies for artificial intelligence in my view right one is called statistics okay so statistics is uh, one set of problems which you can st- solve using statistical methods whether it is bayesian statistics or non bayesian statistics these are the problem statements which fit to a particular distribution in the world mm-hmm. 
like for example you have very pro- uh, popular distribution called normal distribution mm. many phenomena like iq of people in a country weight of people in a class height of giraffes in a, a, a say forest all this obey uh, normal distribution mm. so using statistics it is possible to learn many things where the process fits a particular distribution mm-hmm. mm. so one approach of ai is to use statistics based techniques and tools and technologies uh, to teach computer things okay the other approach which is becoming extremely popular due to the availability of data is machine learning mm-hmm. so in machine learning you use a set of algorithms which learn from data and they build their own rules okay right? and those there we may not understand the underlying process mm-hmm. like what type of distribution is generating the data we may not understand mm-hmm. we just look at the data and whatever rules we can extract from the data even if we don't understand why those ru- data is generated in such a way we still go ahead with it right mm-hmm. like recommendation in yeah so it just looks at what all books you bought earlier and then it ne- recommends you something it may not understand that you are a asian male yeah. uh, and you are a hindi speaking guy it, yeah. it may not know anything about you yeah. it just say sort of loosely to say works on correlation this yeah. happened so this should happen the other branch of ai is to deal with unstructured problems like okay. for example you want to optimize logistic routes for a company which is supplying goods to thousands of stores in india like mm. patanjali wants to optimize its truck routes yeah. to save on fuel so these don't typically fit into a statistical problem or a machine learning problem uh, this fits into a category called optimization problems right okay. so if you look at from a practical industry say application point of view and of course we are talking about uh, narrow ai we are not talking about general ai. general ai here because we are still very far away from that so if you look at from a narrow ai point of view given a problem uh, you can solve it using a statistical approach certain if certain assumptions are satisfied you can solve using machi- machine learning approach if you have enough data mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, there are certain problems which are fuzzy in nature which are like not easily Uh, say sort of fit into a particular model where you need to de- de- say sort of define a custom mathematical model uh, those are called say linear algebra or mathematical optimization type of problems so basically these are the three uh, different uh, say fields of mathematics or computer science that we use uh, to typically solve an industry problem in ai of course we are as again i'm saying it is narrow ai yeah. we are not talking general artificial intelligence here yeah so you mentioned that the role of mathematics the role of stats and role of programming mm. so is ai sit somewhere in the intersection of all these three things your machine learning your means your programming and your math maths and your statistics so does it like is a combination of all three things or can be achieved by either of two artificial intelligence is by definition a synthesis of many disciplines okay okay because it uses uh lot of theory from maths and stats mm-hmm. it uses lot of techniques and algorithms from computer science okay and it also uses a uh, lot of stuff from software engineering okay right? because ultimately you are creating these systems by coding in some programming language yeah. right yeah. yeah so if you look at artificial intelligence uh, as such at first level it is definitely uh, a good mixture of uh, mathematics 
yeah applied statistics and uh, say software engineering or computer science so definitely it is uh, involved to uh, involved with these three but the thing is artificial intelligence is used in real life so mm. it's not a theoretical discipline yeah correct so you also have to worry about things like ethics you have to worry about things like economics mm. you have to worry about things like psychology you have to even worry about philosophy yeah. for example assume that you are a tesla engineer or a google engineer who is trying to build an autonomous car mm. and your autonomous car is driving on a highway mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly the brakes failed mm-hmm. okay there is a mechanical failure yeah. the yeah. brakes failed yeah now if the autonomous car turns to the left it falls into a valley or a ditch yeah and it will kill you mm-hmm. but if the autonomous car continues to move forward and hits another vehicle there is a 60% probability that you will survive mm-hmm. because airbags will open correct and there is a good possibility that to say four people in that car will die <laughs> okay so now if you are a google engineer or a tesla engineer or some engineer who is coding this algorithm mm-hmm. because now the autonomous car has to be told right whether to turn left and kill the driver yeah or continue forward and kill say maybe four people so what would you code now <laughs> right it's a moral issue it's a ethical issue right it's yeah. a ethical moral issue and you have to decide on this yeah. see you cannot say that i will not code anything <laughs> because <laughs> the car has to take some action right yeah. either it has to turn left or it has to go straight yeah. so you have to write a if logic in your program to say that okay in this situation turn left in this situation go straight yeah yeah so when you look at ai ai is such a fundamental technology you cannot say separate it from any major discipline of humanities or sciences hmm. it is like asking what are the uses of electricity <laughs> right okay. or asking what is the use of oxygen you see it is so fundamental to life that you will not be able to separate it out yeah so when i look at artificial intelligence at a first level if you look at like concentric circles at a first level it touches mathematics it touches statistics it touches computer science it's a uh, touches software engineering course course skills yeah. this is required for somebody who wants to build a career in ai yeah but at a more general level if you want to know how to make money from ai mm-hmm. you need to know behavioral economics okay oh. uh, that is how you make money from ai and if you want to apply ai in real life you need to know aware of the ethical and moral implications of using ai right mm. so so ai is as fundamental as electricity or oxygen so it is going to touch everybody and every discipline of human endeavor so you have to sort of take this broad look at ai rather okay. than taking that it's simply a technology and it has a very narrow sort of an impact it is a very broad impact hmm. that means company who are building you know some project or product on ai they have to have at least a group of people who are a mix of a guy who is a mathematician a guy who is into stats a guy who is a coder or a programmer is that so do we have a team of people from different different background to make a product a product this is the right way to do that yeah i think this is not a question in future this is what is already happening okay right so if you look at uh, google or if you look at facebook so they have uh, data curators they have anthropologists they have oh. behavioral economists so they they have all sorts of people who can contribute in sort of 
gaining benefit from ai and also making sure that ai doesn't hurt anybody yeah see the thing is when a particular technology is so prevalent and so powerful sometimes you don't notice it mm-hmm. um it is like generally you are not aware of your nose <laughs> only okay. when there is some problem with your nose or there is a damage you start realizing that you have a nose mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> a good nose is something which you don't notice yeah yeah similarly the problem with uh, ai is we are already using ai for last 10 15 years very widely so we don't understand that we are using it yeah. like for example if you go to google search or if you go to facebook mm-hmm. you are thinking that you are if you go to google search and you you want to say know about something you want to know about trump or you want to know about some uh, say some politician or you want to know about a particular event mm-hmm. so you type that text in the search box and you click search yeah you are thinking that you are reading the news yeah you are not actually reading the news because you are reading what google thinks it is news oh right because when you typically search for something on google do you go to the 150th uh, page in the search no never you you just search in the first page the top 3 or top 4 links yeah, right yeah so what you read is predetermined by what google shows in the first four or five links yeah if there was a link which is say even more relevant but it was hidden in the 286th page you neither have the patience nor the time to actually go and pick that information from there that makes sense so what you read in facebook and what you read in google you are thinking that it is something that you are doing <laughs> yeah it is not something you are doing somebody is guiding you yeah and we not even re- we don't even realize that we are getting guided so most of what we call as news today is what has been preselected by the search engine oh so what you see in linkedin as the latest happening thing is what has been preselected by some engine somewhere mm. running in linkedin so the point what i'm trying to make is so all these things whatever we discussed are already happening mm-hmm. only thing is it is not evenly spread yeah so it is spread in different proportions across different companies but subconsciously without realizing we are using all these things and if you look, go to google or facebook or twitter you are already been fed, fed with some pre fabricated content which has already passed through a machine learning algorithm oh. right so that is what is happening so can you just give few more examples of the field where ai is you know being used but we are you know sort of not aware of that just like i never knew ki even when we do search in google there is a machine learning engine behind it i used to think we need just firing a query a sql query and we are getting the result hmm. maybe a very high profile or high you know high co- quality of sql query is very fast but now it's saying you no know, it is based on uh, machine learning and ai can you just tell example of few more fields where ai is being used but we normally don't you know pay attention or don't normally are aware of that yeah. that ai is being used there see it it is very difficult to give an example where ai is not being used <laughs> okay. okay i would rather say like <laughs> for example if you go to a airport yeah. right in most of the european countries and many of even in india i think in near future and yeah. if you go to say us Uh, so there is automatic face recognition systems yeah so you don't have to stand in a queue and for you to get recognized so for certain visa categories and for certain type of people you can simply walk walk yeah uh, through the gates and yeah. you can uh, say say go out of the airport so automatic face recognition is used almost everywhere right yeah. if you go to london yeah uh, you will not be able to cross a street without five cameras taking your picture and then analyzing 
whether you are a threat or a <laughs> oh. normal human being right so you you go anywhere you go and search something on amazon hmm. and immediately there are set of algorithm which will analyze what you have searched and you may start seeing ads in yeah, your youtube yeah. immediately immediately saying yeah. that okay do you want to go to goa right yeah. so uh, what i am trying to say is uh, the whole ai thing has is become like an ambient it's uh, everywhere and it is ambient it is there yeah. in the air yeah uh, so there are hundreds and hundreds of example whether when you swipe your debit card when you go out to have lunch the cameras that are taking your photo if you go to an airport you are getting photographed and automatically you can clear the lane so if you go to a retail store people are trying to send you coupons based on what they think you will buy mm-hmm. and if you are calling a cab the cab is giving you the rate based on your propensity to pay so <laughs> okay. when you are taking a insurance they check when you are going to die and based on that your premium is given mm-hmm. so it's very difficult to find an area where ai is not being used, used. and mm-hmm. very soon we are going to have siri in our house we will have alexa in our homes yeah. we will have echo in our homes and our homes are going to become smart the fridge is going to understand how much milk you drink the air conditioner is going to understand when you go to sleep and the thermostat will tell google or whoever it is when you are at home and when you are not at home so basically uh, it is easy, uh, it's very difficult to find an area where ai is not applied even in agriculture ai is there mm-hmm. so almost every area of our human say life uh, is now sort of you are using one form of ai or another though you may not sort of realize yeah yeah so what is the future of ai we have you know discussed a lot of things what is ai why ai and other stuff where do you think ai is going and like where do you see ai will be after say 5 years or even 10 years yeah so so in the earlier sort of part we discussed uh, what is ai and different types of ai and applications of ai right mm-hmm. now important thing is what is ai going to do to us yeah right uh, how the world is going to change and how as individuals as countries as enterprises how how are we going to get impacted by mm. ai mm. right so one or say two things that we need to remember is uh, ai is here and it is here to stay okay so you can't wish uh, saying that this is a evil thing let us get rid of it uh, that is not something that is going to happen second thing is increasingly it is going to get embedded in every aspect of human life mm-hmm. okay uh, therefore uh, whether you know or not you will be using ai mm. now from a set sort of conceptually how to understand it uh, is like this so the first step of ai would be in terms of machine and human partnership right so now if you look at a car you don't think car as your competitor right you you are not jealous of the car that it runs very fast and you can't run that fast right yeah so car for you is a partner hmm. it is a tool that enables you to do certain activities which earlier you were not able to do hmm. so one way of looking at ai from a next 10 15 20 years point of view is ai is a collaborator it is a partner so it will augment you it will help you to do things more efficiently more effectively it makes your life more easy more simple mm. and more efficient mm. right 
so this is human plus machine together hmm. right human intelligence augmented by machine intelligence 1 hmm. plus 1 is equal to 2 right that is what sort of the equation so as long as we are looking at narrow ai this is quite simple and there is no complication hmm. so you have say an algorithm which uh, when you are say swiping your debit card if it is a fraudulent transaction it stops it yeah it's good for you yeah when you are using your email the spam filter filters out all the spams mm. it's good for you mm. it helps to save your time by mm. not going through the useless yeah. emails right you have an autonomous car which applies brake much in advance compared to a human being and stops an accident yeah right so if you look at individual narrow domains uh, where ai can help i don't see much problem uh, in terms of what ai will do to us yeah it may kill certain jobs in certain sectors but overall uh, we are comfortable okay the problem comes when you go beyond the narrow ai right that is where that things become very tricky yeah so by 2050 most practitioners of ai academics are predicting that by 2050 you will have an ai Uh, which is a generally intelligent hmm. so when you have this general intelligence the point is it can learn more and more hmm. so if you look at uh, the chess match between gary kasparov and deep blue yeah so they had to code lot of stuff inside deep blue the rules and etc and finally defeated gary kasparov now there is no grandmaster versus a computer chess game because mm. now there is no way a human can win Eat. the chess game now yeah. right a chess app on your iphone can defeat maybe a grandmaster right that problem is lost forever we mm. cannot reclaim that okay but if you look at the latest alpha go game that we had recently which is maybe a million millions of times more complicated than chess mm-hmm. uh, so there the system the alpha go system defeated the human player by playing millions of matches against itself so if a generally intelligent system is born that generally intelligent system will very quickly become super intelligent mm-hmm. by doing experiments by playing with itself or doing certain scenarios by, with itself so a generally intelligent system automatically becomes super intelligent mm-hmm. and you have to understand that in case of human beings at least as of now even if you have a super intelligent person one day he will die yeah because we are organic living beings but a super intelligent system will never die yeah because it is mechanical it is not based on an organic substrate so yeah. the end life of that machine is how long you are servicing it it will be at it will be that yeah second thing is when you are a human being you cannot get the dump of the brain of another human being yeah you can get some answers you can do a discussion like this but you will not be able to copy the content of my brain yeah. into your brain as of now yeah but in case of a artificial intelligence system the systems can pool their information because it is just bits of information right it's ones and zeros at the end of the day yeah So an artificial intelligence system has two major advantages compared to a human being. It never dies and it can pull the collective intelligence of all the different machines. So if you really create such a system and it is in control of few people mm-hmm. because you will not have an AI which 
everybody has right yeah. so yeah. you will have a very narrow set of people who control it then it becomes it can become really a big problem yeah and we don't know how this system will work whether this will happen what will be the implication uh, but if you look at future of ai in that sense the immediate next 20 years we will get more and more benefits from ai because narrow intelligence which going to make our life more simple more easy but once we reach artificial general intelligence like by 2050 what shape our humanity will take and how this machines will actually impact human civilization mm-hmm. uh, it's very difficult to say and if you look at people like bill gates or elon musk musk stephen hawking um they are all worried about yeah is this ai is our last invention yeah because once we invent an artificial general intelligence uh, is it that we have invented the final invention of human kind and then we have invented our own masters yeah and instead of uh, technology being a slave to humanity uh, technology becomes the master of hum- humanity but i think that day is still very far off and we have enough time to think about what what you should be doing uh, but as of in the limited future it is say sort of augmentation of human intelligence and machine intelligence and in future we are looking at a scenario of replacement of human intelligence with machine intelligence but i think that is a uh, say, say some question which we can talk more on another day uh, immediate thing is i think lot of benefits yeah uh, when we talk about ai it has it it has been making life very easier in lot of ways uh now we can see there's autonomous car coming up very soon uh will it also make us lazy of course you can say ki by default any tech will make is making us lazy but especially in terms of ai which is sort of rep- replicating the intelligence of a human being so is it is it okay to say that yes ai will make us way more lazy than any other tech has done so far and what have what we have seen so far is that no nobody was able to replicate human intelligence and there was still room for you know a lot of role for humans to do but now with when ai is booming and such a fast pace will it absolutely remove or you know eliminate the need of human beings to work at all yeah so let us take the question of being lazy first right yeah so what we don't realize it is that today we are already lazy yeah okay in most of the developed world people are working 5 days in a week and complaining that they are overworked <laughs> right so if you look at your great grandfather or great grandfather even if you go to the 18th century london or germany or any other advanced country people were regularly working like 10 12 15 16 hours there was no weekend yeah. where uh, you chill after friday evening right so so the question of are we going to be lazy i think we are already lazy in some yeah, sense yeah, right yeah, yeah. we may not feel it because we are not comparing ourselves with our ancestors ancestors we are yeah. comparing ourselves with our neighbor or some other guy who seems to be very lazy but the point is we are already lazy right second thing is what is the problem in being lazy see most of the trouble in the world is created by people who want to be busy and who want to make others also busy so there is no inherent problem uh, in being lazy okay. the problem happens is after being lazy since you have lot of time you want to create trouble for others okay <laughs> so what i am trying to come to come to is what is the purpose of life right 
is the purpose of life is to work is is that the purpose of life that one is born because he wants to work and work and work and work and die. so and die so if you ask anybody what is your purpose of life you will say to be happy uh, to relax to travel nobody says the purpose of my life is to work right <laughs> hardly you find anybody who says yeah, like yeah. this right so the question of artificial intelligence and uh, is it going to make us lazy i think the question we have to what we have to understand is as human beings our goal posts continuously shift yeah when our ancestors were in africa in savanna the whole point was survival yeah right any time a tiger could come and eat you for lunch or a lion could had a nice dinner uh, say eating couple of humans right so the whole point was just plain survival yeah at that time they did not think about say happiness and enlightenment because first thing is a lion is chasing you you have to make sure that you are you are surviving for that day after agricultural revolution we got lot of spare time so we invented song we invented lot of other aesthetic things like song dance and games and all those things because we got free time right yeah. after industrial revolution we invented entertainment right today people spend more time on entertainment than on work right <laughs> so you're always on your facebook and twitter or netflix so you spend lot of time on entertainment though you don't feel like that because you want to spend even more time so the goal post is continuously getting changed so the question of whether we will be lazy and all those things is is quite correct but the point is our goal post will again change yeah, right yeah. so instead of have five five day week work we may have only say two day work in a week and then we can use the other time to do some things which we enjoy like gardening or music or playing games or whatever it is so i don't think that is the big problem only thing we have to make sure is in many people's mind uh, working and being useful is taken as synonymous yeah like if you are not working then you are thought to be useless uh, so we need to have this mind ch- mindset change uh, that it's good to have a work ethic hmm. uh, that work ethic was very useful during industrial economy because hmm. we don't want lazy people who don't contribute to economy and become burden on the society but uh, if you have a technology like ai which can do all, it, it can do all your mundane work including the thinking work then you should start doing something which you really want to to do or you, which makes you happy so i think the question is not uh, the laziness versus work it is about what makes you happy so if ai can do all your work washing clothes and yeah uh, taking care of your say job then if you can spend that time in things that you say sort of enjoy i think that will be good the second thing that we have to understand is uh, the human population i think will keep decreasing now right oh. in most of the countries we have already seeing this trend right most of the advanced countries the population is reducing so most of the europe and if you look at uh, japan and even china in near future you will have lots and lots of old people compared to the end people they are all graying the countries are graying they are having more and more old people so i think the from a human population point of view other than i think africa and some parts of asia more or less the population has uh, sub, say sort of stabilized and it is going to subside now so uh, in after another 200 300 years i don't see foresee that the human population which is say i think around 6.57 billion after another 200 uh, years becoming say 20 billion 
on the contrary we may set uh, to a stage where we have a sort of a population which is stable uh, so you don't have to worry about billions of new people who are going to come and ask for job and all yeah, those things yeah. so the uh, the fear of being lazy and all it repeatedly comes see this is not a, a question that uh, say comes uh, only because of ai yeah. we had the same question come during industrial revolution and there is a very good book by bertrand russell uh, called in praise of laziness okay, <laughs> okay. so uh, what i would what i am saying is it's not that bad to be lazy okay. don't don't worry too much about that okay and the question of whether it will like reduce or just there will no need of human beings to work at all can see, you see this happening yes yeah, see definitely it is going to reduce the employment say for example take agriculture i gave you the yeah, example yeah, yeah. so it got down from 8 uh, 80% of the population doing agriculture to 2% yeah and whatever america does today we are following other economies uh, which are say upcoming economics or developing economies they j- copy the best practices from the developed world right yeah. so after another uh, say 200 years in india also you may have a situation where 80% of the uh, people who are doing agriculture they are now hardly 2% or 3% to the agriculture yeah. because we will also go towards mechanization and industrialization of agriculture right yeah. so definitely the jobs are going to get lost yeah. but you have to see that population is also going to reduce uh, i don't see yeah, yeah, population increasing exponentially the way it has increased in last 200 300 years and at the same time some new types of jobs uh, will get created uh, so there will be a loss of jobs but there may not be reduction in work right oh. so we should not uh, confuse between work and job right yeah. job is a specific type of work right say for example 100 years ago how many people thought that there will be a job category called software programmer <laughs> right if you are if we had had this conversation in 1920 <laughs> did you imagine that there will be a category called software engineer software architect software developer no. administrator <laughs> database administrator do you uh, nobody could have imagined right so the jobs have gone like there were people who were riding horses people who were maintaining the horses of course those jobs have gone but has the work gone no instead of few certain types of jobs we are doing certain other types of job Correct. so what i would say is some <coughs> jobs will disappear definitely so which are mechanical and uh, routine jobs but at the same time new category of jobs will get created but definitely it will not be the same amount of jobs that will get created as got they got created in industrial revolution so we need to handle this problem in a very nuanced way uh, population will decrease so it will help uh, you have you can look at universal basic income so that people have a minimum standard of living and then definitely you will have work for uh, some percentage of people full time and some percentage of people part time <coughs> and definitely there will be some percentage of the people who may not have any work right yeah. so that is something for the governments and the society at large to think about but i think that is still still it, it will it is still far off it takes it's at least at least a two three decades away from now yeah well it was very nice talking to you ranga yeah. i had a lot of questions and i think you answered all question brilliantly and i think it's also good for audience who will you know get to know about more about ai now than ever before yeah. so thanks one more time thanks a lot for coming on the show yeah just uh, i want to so, sort of leave, leave it uh, with one thought yeah yeah uh, the thought is like uh, uh, say say 300 years back if 
or 100 years back or even 50 years back if if you ask somebody do you know email and that person <laughs> said I, i don't know email yeah uh, so it was fine because yeah. e- email was not there but today if you meet somebody and you ask him uh, what is your email id and if he says i don't have a email id he would almost look like an illiterate yeah <laughs> so the point is ai is going to be the most important technology in the next 20 30 years right yeah. and just like somebody has an email id or phone number it it becomes necessary to understand the basics of ai whether you are a practitioner of ai or not so what i would encourage your audience is to build some general intelligence about ai to yeah. understand what this technology is what are its implication how it is getting used how they are impacted by it so that as citizens and say professionals yeah. uh, we ha- get a basic sense of what this technology is about and how it is going to change the world okay so i think i wish all the best uh, for your audience and yourself for the podcast thank you thank you talk to you talk to you again yeah soon i, I would love to have you again on the podcast yeah. thank thanks you. thank yeah. you thank, thank you, you.